Hey everyone and welcome to Class 1A, a My Hero Academia podcast presented by Popped Off. As always, I'm one of your homeroom teachers, Andrew Nimsgren, but you may know me as Advert the Big Business Hero. Alongside me this week will be Dylan Beal, aka Fanfic. James will not be joining us this week, has a little bit of a rough work schedule, and needed just a little bit more sleep this morning because we do record so early, but he will be joining for next episode, so do not worry about that. But this is the first time we really got in-depth about Night Eye, and how are you feeling about that so far, Dylan? I'm feeling good. It's a really cool setup episode, and I'm ready to tackle with it. Because like you're the you're like the main hero in this. I'm like your support hero, and we're gonna we're we're gonna hit this head on. So does that mean I have the like ability to put you in a tickle machine if I want, or is no. that still no go? Please, please no. I, I I hate being tickled so much. I I hated that. I hated that whole scene, and I hate that it bled over into this episode too. We'll talk about that in your contract. Don't worry. Um. But we do not have any other major announcements, but the one thing we do want to say is there will be no show next week because there will be no episode next week. And we really don't have that much else to talk about right now, but the uh, My Hero Academia anime will be going on a one episode break. So there will be no episode on November 2nd, but the next episode will be on November 9th. So we will be back for that. Do not worry, but we'll be taking a week break along with the anime. Yeah, and we just have a little tiny announcement. Don't forget that we still are a new podcast, so please go out there, tell your friends about us, make sure that you leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on it, because it really makes a difference. And then, of course, if you do have uh, any suggestions for additional notes, other segments, anything else you want us to change about the show, add to the show, or what you're really liking about the show, send that our way. It could be on, via Twitter at popped underscore off, or emailing us at contact at popped off. We'd love to get feedback, suggestions, and so much more. But with that, let's jump into this week's episode of Season 4, Episode 66 overall, the third episode of the season, and that will be called Boy Meets. For this episode, we do get a new opening recap, this time focusing much more on work studies, fighting Stain in his internship, obtaining a provisional license, and then a little bit of a flashback to the previous episode. Really enjoying these quick little introductions because we didn't get all the information from the first three seasons in... Uh, the recap episode of the season so getting a little bit more each episode i really am enjoying but moving into the actual episode um certain night eyes real problem with deku's all might impersonation was that their wrinkles were not the correct centimeters long they're like 0.2 centimeters off or something like that which is extreme but we learned that certain night Eye is basically as big of a nerd slash fan of all might as deku is his whole office being covered in all might merchandise Deku Kana argument is that his face is based on a specific event where All Might saved the kid who was drowning in the river, the Vinegar Riverbank incident, a very unique naming if you ask me. But Sir Night Eye and Deku go back and forth about the specific event, nerding out and pretty much quoting things that All Might says and giving a little bit more information about the actual saving. Bubble Girl is finally let out of the tickling machine in what feels like a couple minutes later by Mirio. I mean, how long was she going to stay there if he didn't let her out? Is this something that he has to do frequently is this something that he knows how to get her out so easily because he's in there i have so many questions on this that i don't want to know but even with her being locked up in the tickle machine she still realizes that deku is a fucking nerd because the first thing she asked after being tickled ferociously is muriel what's up with this kid so that just really says something about deku if you really ask me but we do learn more about work studies after that they are at least a month long and they are paid thank god no unpaid internships even though they're still very common here in the united states apparently japan is much better about that 
but it is something that does happen during the school days, so Deku will miss a lot, and that's something that Certain Night I have a little bit of a feeling with. Certain Night I goes said, all I had to do is stamp this contract and you're part of the agency. He goes down to stamp it, but he misses, or so Deku reminds him, but really, he just starts banging the stamp against the table for what feels like three years, and it's a little obnoxious to me, if you ask me, but he just goes on talking about he doesn't feel like stamping it. He doesn't know what the merit in hiring Deku is. He knows what Deku gets out of it, but he doesn't know what his agency gets out of it. He wants to know what Deku can contribute to society and how he can be useful. He pretty much says, if you want to work for the agency, you have to prove it to me with your actions, not your words. Deku is given three minutes to take the stamp seal from Nighteye and stamp the contract himself if he wants to work for the agency. Nighteye will not attack, and Deku can destroy the room however he wants, but he just has to do it within three minutes using his quirk. We do learn after about a minute of fighting and Deku is unable to get the stamp that Night Eye's quirk is foresight. After touching someone and making eye contact with the person, he can see the person he can see the choices a person will make in the future for an hour. Revealing during this fight that he that he thinks All Might should have gone with Mirio instead of Deku as his successor, um, um, Night Eye doesn't believe in his choice of successor. There's someone more worthy to inherit one for all. I cannot acknowledge you is what he says to Deku. Deku goes Gran Torino, but still isn't fast enough, being kind of accused of just being a ripped-off version of Gran Torino, which isn't wrong, but it also does work incredibly well. Um, he talks about how a true symbol should never look worried during the fight and should always have the smile that All Might is known for, and really just kind of during this whole fight, belittling Deku and trying to get in his head. Deku doesn't get the stamp within three minutes. The fight is over and he has failed. But Sir Night Eye asks, like, are you exhausted? Are you tired? He says, no, I didn't want to step on your limited edition, like, not for sale poster of All Might, which, of course, is something only Deku would do, but it does bring something up to Sir Night Eye. Sir Night Eye realizes that the whole time that Deku was bouncing around the room going at Grand Torino speeds is that never once did he step on anything All Might or ruin anything All Might related. This gets Sir Night Eye to laugh, something that Muriel says was so important if. Deku was going to work for her. So that was such a big point of the show. And I think this was kind of the turning point to at least get him into the agency. Sir Night Eye ends up accepting him, bullshitting about how, oh, I was going to take you on from the very beginning. We all know that wasn't true. But he does, um, really, the core reason why he wants to do this is that he wants to prove to Deku that there's someone more worth all for one than him. And that's really why he wants to know Workside Mirio, who he believes is the true successor. After that, we do go back to the dorms of Class 1A, where Midoriya talks out about getting his work study, and everyone's kind of graduating him. Todoroki and Bakugo, I really enjoy this scene here. Todoroki's like, we're falling farther and farther behind, while Bakugo is just getting more and more worked up. Um, but outside of that, um, we learn that most of the other class internships aren't going to be open to work studies for various different reasons I don't want to go in depth on. But Tokoyami does get an invite from Hawks, number three hero. Um... Amajiki wants to see Kirishima, and Hado wants to see Uraraka and uh, Su, the other two members of the big three. Mineta is still fucking scarred by his internship, and I don't think that's ever going to change. I really am curious what else Mount Lady had him do, because for a pervert that is that scarred by something a woman did, it is very interesting. But after that, they all run to the dorms right after that immediately to go talk to the big three, the ones that are requested, the rest of people just kind of sitting around. So Nida's agency is... Um, looking into Overhaul and the Shi Hasuki. They know that they've met with the League of Villains and that Overhaul is trying to gather a group again, but they can't prove they're doing anything illegal. With that, that is kind of the wrap-up of the episode. I know there was a little bit of a point to 
towards the end of the episode where it was after the outro music, but it wasn't technically part of the preview. We're just considering anything from here on out that's after the outro music as a part of the um, preview, and we'll be addressing it as that, so we'll talk about that little scene afterwards. But with that, how are you feeling about this episode? It's good. I really liked it. It was a really good setup episode, I think, for what's coming in the future. And I like a lot of the overall themes that they're really tackling here. Um, so I guess um, just to like give like a really like big point of view before like maybe we dive down into some of the scenes. Yes. Um, I really like the fact that they're talking about how Deku can absolutely give up his power. Like that's that's something you can absolutely do. That's like not a big deal. Um, and they're struggling with the the fact of like you know is Deku the right person for this? Because at any time he can give it up of his own free will. And I, I like that, how they're going to be going into that a little bit and talking about that because um, it's interesting because it's not like he's a main character and he has a power and he's always going to have it forever. Um, there is a possibility that he could give it up and he has to realize maybe if he is a really good hero, maybe the best move for a hero would be to give it up to someone else who can do something with it. And I really like that aspect of it. I, I really like that kind of struggle and I'm really interested to see where it's going to be going. Yeah, I uh, let's. Uh, yeah, there's a lot I want to say on that. So actually, I, I let's bounce back to actually going through the episode because I do want to talk about that as we get closer because I feel like that's going to be one of the big themes for the episode. So maybe that's something we dive a little bit more into the end. But let's kind of go back to jumping right into learning a little bit more about Sir Night Eye's personality. We learn that he is basically the same as Deku in terms of how big of a fan he is. The whole office is covered in all my merchandise, and he was a sidekick, but clearly a very big fan of the man as well. And were you how did you think this was gonna go? We had saw the end of the episode where Sir Night Eye did not find Deku's face funny and the kind of transition that it took, what did you expect that? Did you like that? Learning a little bit more about Sir Night Eye right away, what do you think of him so far? Yeah, so I think I kind of expected that a little bit because because of the cliffhanger of like that's not funny and like the, the little twist of his wrinkles should be like this big, like that little like gag right there, like I absolutely saw that coming. I, I think that was a pretty um, pretty obvious like little little thing that was going to go into it um but i really did like the whole like nerd out session with it i thought that was really funny because i i love when deku just like nerds out about um all might i just like love when he goes into it and now he's in a place of where like he met his like best friend in this aspect right pretty much yeah it's like no other two people are gonna like nerd out about all might the same way and so it's it's very funny for them to go back and forth and to talk about like just this really weird obscure like uh like event that happened no yeah I, I really did enjoy that and obviously i didn't know what i kind of expected i knew there'd be some kind of twist that like um that of course he's gonna find something funny or make fun of deku or something like that for trying so hard like i knew something was gonna kind of twist i guess i didn't expect that i didn't expect a huge all might fan which i really did appreciate that because yeah the fact where they're just kind of bouncing back and forth like talking about events and then stop um, stepping over each other quoting all might and all that kind of stuff i really did enjoy and i think certain night eyes personality is so interesting like for someone that he cares so much about all might it's very clear and i think he really does care about his interns because even when they're trying to leave the room he said that's not energetic enough like he really does take that mentality of to be a good hero you need to always be up you never need to show your fear or worry or anything like that which i think is something really important so he really does seem to care but he's also such a serious person and very detail oriented so his personality is just so unique i think compared to a lot of anime characters i've seen and i've really enjoyed him so far 
Yeah, I think Deku has a lot of interesting foils. So obviously Bakugo is a interesting foil for him because Bakugo is very like um, headstrong and, and like very passionate, but like in an angry sort of way. And he really foils uh, Midoriya in that aspect. But Night Eye, I feel like is an interesting foil because uh, Deku is very passionate. He's very loud. He's like very clumsy with the way that he talks, that he's like literally spilling over his words when he talks a lot of times. And Night Eye is very cold, he's very calculated, he just says things, which obviously is reflected in his quirk as well, but I think he's a really interesting foil for Midoriya, and I, I, I like seeing them like act together in that way. It's a good dynamic. Yeah, I, I really agree. I think it'll be a really interesting dynamic, and I, I think we'll see a lot more of them, but I also think that this kind of even more solidifies towards the end of this episode. I know we're kind of jumping around a little bit here, but seeing that he is going to put Muriel and Deku together in every single opportunity that he gets. Like, it's his first day of the um, work study, and he's not working with Sir Night Eye, the agent, so you think, oh, it's your first day, like, I'll take you out. No, he puts him with Muriel, because he really wants as much time to be spent with those two together, and I don't think Sir Night Eye has much of an interest in teaching him right now. He just pretty much wants to say, you're following him around so that you can truly believe he's better than you in every sense of the way. So I think we're going to see more of that dynamic, but I don't think we're going to see the dynamic as much as I want us to because I don't think, at least right now, I think maybe going on farther than the anime and the manga and all that kind of stuff, they might develop a better relationship. But right now, he has zero interest in teaching him and just showing him where he stands. Yeah, but I mean, that's good for us because we can see more Mirio. I love, yeah, that, I love I, that boy. I it just the conversation when he was when they sent him away out of the room before the challenge and he just says, oh, man. Oh man, two times in a row. I'm like, what is this? Like, I, I like, is he funny? Like, do we actually think he's funny, or does people are people laughing at him or with him? It, he's an airhead. He absolutely is an airhead, and he because he has the whole All Might kind of, um, I guess brains a little bit. Because All Might, like, obviously in battle and stuff, he's very smart and he's very intelligent, just like Mirio. But he's like an airhead too, like. He just says things, and he'll start laughing, and everyone's like, well, what the hell, dude? Yeah, he's a weird dude. The more I see him, the more I love him. Like, I, I'll say he's a weird dude, but I love his personality. I love everything about him. But I'm like, uh, the principal said, like, oh, there's always an air of laughter around him. And I'm starting to think the laughter is a little bit more, like, kind of an awkward, like, chuckle. Like, <laughs> what is this dude thinking? Like, mm -hmm. what is going through this dead kid's head? Not about the joke that he's making. So... That's something I love kind of seeing that develop a little bit more, that the principal wasn't exactly right, and just kind of go show teachers never understand the kids, truly. But, okay, so after kind of learning a little bit more about it, we do jump into seeing the kind of the conversation slash fight between Sir Night Eye and Deku. Where first off, we learn about his quirk, Foresight, which I think is incredibly cool. And two, we kind of get the reveal that there has been a talk of who the successor was ahead of time, that we got a preluding to that earlier, but more people know about that than just All Might and the principal. Obviously, Sir Night Eye knows, and the question of does Mirio know, um, and kind of just had being said to Deku's face was all very interesting. So do you want to talk about the quirk, or do you want to kind of talk about the idea of this whole overarching, there was other oh, other people before you to be a successor? Let's talk about the quirk first. Okay. Um, just because I think it's really interesting because it goes back to a point I made um, when we were doing some of the recaps on the power scaling of My Hero. And I think they tackle it very, very well. And I think they're kind of leaning into it here because Sir Nyadai is incredibly strong, but he's not strong in the fact of like 
All Might is strong. Like, he can't just punch and it just explodes people, right? He has foresight, which I think is really, really interesting to throw in there because it's a way to be strong in a different way and to not, like, up the power scaling, right? I think that's very cool. And they set really good limits on it of where, like, he needs to make eye contact and touch their skin. I think that was the two conditions. So I think they put really good restraints on it and they also made it incredibly strong. And they constantly do this of where we are shown the students and they look incredible, like, like just insane kind of powers, like Todoroki, like insanely strong. But then we get to see the actual pro heroes in action. And I don't even think Night Eye is like ranked. Like, like he, he's obviously ranked because everyone's ranked, but he's not like top 10 or anything. Yet he has an incredibly strong quirk that like feels invincible if he touches you. Yeah. Well, it can also be used as, like, I'm sure how it was used more with All Might is that he'd touch All Might and have an understanding of what's happening or what All Might is going to do next and is able to react off of that as well. I mean, it can yeah. be used both offensive, defensively, and kind of in cooperation with people. So it is really such a cool quirk. And, yeah, I agree that you kind of made the mentality that, yep, they're going to do more mental quirks. And we even kind of see that this season. Overhaul, if he scratches you, you blow up. All my, I mean, Deku's going to learn that very quickly. Like, he's going to see someone die or someone almost die in front of them. So, it is something that they'll learn. That's how, oh, otherwise, uh, Deku's just going to do a Detroit smash to his face and win. Like, no, you can't get close to him, so you got to find a way around him. So, I definitely agree that we've already seen that with two of the major characters that Deku's clearly going to kind of be in confrontation with this season. That they both have quirks where pure brute force is not going to win, which is All Might and really Deku's forte right now. But, okay, so on top of that, so we have his quirk. His quirk is super cool, and I love how that's going to go. But after that, that's not really the big point of this um, episode. It's really kind of getting back to the first thing we talked about this episode is that there was another successor. That pretty much days before, like if All Might wouldn't have met you, a couple days later, this conversation would have happened with Mirio instead of you. Obviously, that timeline may not be correctly, but that's what he's getting at. That this was all but decided until he met you, and that Sir Knight, I truly believed he was the one that believed it based on his skills, based on his personality, based on who he is. And throughout this entire episode, he's belittling him in every single way. Rather, it's the speed that he moves at. Rather, it is the way that his facial expression is. Rather, it's the way that he speaks. And every single thing that he does, he says, you are not, you are ordinary. That uh, you have the power to be a symbol, but you are nothing but ordinary. I think of the exact quote he says. And I think that's something that Deku's kind of struggled with his entire time. I think in one of the um, episodes, they even said, um, oh, Uraka, like after the exam, said, um, like, spiky green hair, really ordinary face and all that kind of stuff. Like, since the very beginning, Deku was just a plain, ordinary person that has really nothing special about him. And that's something that Sir Night Eye has a problem with. Because that's not who All Might is. All Might became a symbol of peace because he stood out, because he w- had the aura of a symbol. And I think that's Sir Night Eye's biggest problem with Deku. Is that where you agree, or do you think it was really other problems that he had as well? No, I, I totally agree. Um, I think that's definitely the reason. And I think we're starting to see some of the big overall themes to the show. Um, maybe not just like the season, but like the overall themes of where we were introduced to Mirio, right? And he kind of taught Deku that, yeah, his quirk kind of sucks at first um, because he just like phases through things. But because he trained hard and he worked with what he had, he made it really amazing. And Deku, being ordinary, he's shown that he can actually be a hero and he's trying to be the symbol of peace. And I think some of the overall themes are starting to show because like 
just because he's ordinary doesn't mean he can't be one of the greatest heroes of all time. I think it's starting to show those themes, and I think we're really going to start uh, getting the ball rolling on on those things. Yeah, I agree, but I also I would love to see. I mean, I I love who Deku is and his character, but I, I definitely think that Sir Nighthide does have a really good point on that. Like, you can't be a symbol of peace. You can't be someone that brings lightness to the dark when all these villains and all that are kind of coming up whatever kind of symbolism you want to use for it like you need to stand out it's not just enough to be powerful it's like the age of social media they talked about that the very first episode is that the people that do the best are the ones that are the most flashiest and stand out the most and that's how they become a top hero and Deku's not that so if he truly wants to be the greatest hero if he truly wants to be All Might's successor he has to break out of that shell of his and that's definitely something I'd love to see I mean Deku is never going to be All Might he's never going to be Mirror he's never going to be that flashy mountain lady type hero but I definitely agree he needs to take more after All Might if he truly wants to be the next greatest hero yeah and I also think he needs to take his own spin on things because he's constantly in the shadow of other people right now. So he's constantly in All Might's shadow because he has um, One for All. And he's constantly in even Gran Torino's shadow because, you know, that was his internship. And I, Night I even called it out, like, oh, you're just a knockoff Gran Torino. He's the culmination of all of his, like, heroes that he's pulling together. And I think he really needs to start showing himself into it, too. No, yeah. I, I agree, and it's something that I never really thought about. This this is definitely not. We're diving deep into this because it honestly wasn't that heavy of an episode. Like this fight took up a three minute fight took up like ten to fifteen minutes of the entire episode. So we're diving deep into it, but it's just such. There's so many questions that were raised here. Of that is Deku truly the right person for Awful One? Should it have gone to Mirio? Is he ever going to be able to take in those steps? There's just so many good questions asked in this episode that what are you laughing at no i was just thinking what if they what if they just do a shift though like what if they're like what if Deku's they just like, shift the whole what? show to mirio you know yeah Deku's just like you know what i i am i'm not really a great hero like mirio mirio you should have it and then mirio becomes he becomes the main character going forward God, i'd love that that would be so i was so thinking funny. earlier too i was thinking earlier too like after the show finishes they should go and remake it all from bakugo's point of angle I'd love a show from Bakugo's. Oh, point of I would angle. love that too. Like, but like, so in his like point of view that everyone else just looks really stupid. Yeah, it's like distorted. Yeah, like we see that in a couple parts. I think there's one scene where you kind of see what he actually thinks of people. So I, I love that point of view too. But we're getting off topic here. Um, but yeah, so obviously he did get in the agency. He's going to be working with Mirio before we go to kind of the dorms part. That yep, they are going after Overhaul. They're going after the Shihasuki. They are kind of looking to figure that out, that they realize that something bigger is going on here, but they don't know what, and that that's their, kind of their main goal right now. So obviously that kind of sets up of how all these relationships are kind of playing together, is that obviously the agency he's working for is going after them, and that's how that kind of sparks together, because clearly the League of Villains isn't sending um, overhaul after Deku right now, but clearly Deku's about to get in their way. Yeah, and it's really scary from a viewer point of view because they're just showing his face and stuff, and like Deku's like, "Oh man, he looks. Oh, that mask is really scary." But little, little does he know. Little does he know, uh, he is incredibly scary and is going to explode people. Yeah. So yeah, I really like that. And I love setting up, and I clearly, 
Um, we'll talk about the preview in a second, but we're going to get really into that soon. But before we do get to the preview and plus Ultra and all that, we do get a little bit of scene going back to Class 1A where we do talk a little bit about other internships and a couple of other characters that we may see getting a spotlight this season. It's, I'm starting to get the kind of feeling that not everyone is going to be a major part of this season. And we see Tokuyami getting an invite from Hawks, a number three pro hero, and someone that I don't really know much about, but I hear talked about on social media all the time. Everyone's so excited when Hawks came in, and even when that came out today and his name was said, social media went crazy for him. Hawks is a loved character and clearly going to be a big part of the series going forward. So I'm looking forward to learning more about him. I know so little about him. And then also Kirishima um, is getting an invite from one of the top three. And then Uraraka and Sue are also both getting invites after their initial like kind of internships turning them down. So I have a feeling that really maybe these four or five, maybe Ida will get an internship with his uh, parents' agency or something kind of like that. But I really have a feeling that only five to seven members of Class 1A will really be featured in this arc. And those were the ones that are kind of getting a call in this episode. Yeah, um, I definitely think that this, uh, this season is definitely going to be more, let's not talk about what's happening in class and what's happening with maybe like Bakugo and all that, them trying to get their provisional license. And let's more focus on some of the things happening outside of class. And I think you, you, you totally hit the nail on the head with this. I think those groups are going to be the ones that we're going to hear about the most. Yeah, which I don't mind. I mean, um, Kirishima has always been a favorite. I mean, I think there's no harm in like Bakugo and Todoroki taking a backseat for a point because I feel like the first three seasons, it's there's been so much focus on them as well and not much on Deku. So pretty much Deku being the one core character. And then, uh, I mean, Uraraka is another core character, I'd say, but Kirishima, Sue, their kind of background, Tokuyami, a super cool character, still kind of a second tier character in terms of spotlight so far. So it's really, they're kind of building up like, hey, we know you still care about Class 1A, so these four or five characters are still going to be seen out in the field with Deku, but this is really setting up that we're taking every other distraction away from the way, focusing on Mirio and Deku. I think every episode sets it up more and more for the rest of this arc, at least. Yeah, and what it also sets up is the beginning of maybe next season or maybe the end of this season where we have another uh, coming together to fight each other kind of deal because you know that's perfect right like if you have another world tournament sort of sort of thing with the students on everyone's always split up and when you bring them back together everyone's kind of leveled up and stuff and so they can fight each other and it's gonna be hype again i really hope that that is what they're gonna end up doing uh because like why like why else split up everyone if you're not gonna have hype things like that yeah i'm trying to think this is probably there it's just so hard like we don't know how long this is going to last because like a work study only has to last a month. So maybe it's like this whole arc happens within a month or maybe this goes on the entire rest of the semester. And then next season starts with a new um, sports festival because we are we are in the second half. We're in summer. So, yeah, the, obviously it started in the spring and then they did the summer program. Now we're in the fall. So we should be getting close to the start of the new year again. So I could see that um, a new um, sports festival coming up soon next season. I don't think this season's a little too early, but I'm just curious how long these work studies will actually take place. If it's only the month and then a whole new arc, or if this is something we'll continue to see throughout the rest of this school year. 
yeah i think they're gonna slow down the timeline a little bit with this this arc but we'll see i agree i think almost everything will happen in the first month i could see the work study ending after a month because of how extreme it is like okay you did great but like you almost died like three times here you should probably go back to class and get stronger it's probably how it's gonna happen would be my guess like hey a month or two after all this is kind of goes down is what my guess this entire first half of the season is going to be yeah and i also just want to highlight um the other big three um that called like some of the students from class 1a so we don't really know what they do yet but i just want to say get hype for it because every every manga reader out there that like all my friends have just been like get hype because their abilities are insane so just everyone get hyped for it because i i don't know what they are but like i'm yeah, getting hyped. i've spoiled myself for it and they are so cool i'm not going to spoil it for anyone else but they are some cool abilities that i'm really looking forward to seeing in the anime because they will just be so visual and so cool yeah so i actually uh is there anything you want to bring up before we switch gears to the next thing because i have a i have a little thing at the end i want to do no go ahead for it i mean yeah we got plus ultra and the preview for next week but if you have something else you yeah. want to talk about go right ahead so i have a little bit of a trivia for everyone um, just to put the context of like the world in, in, in place, I guess. So um, it was mentioned that Hawk is in Kyushu. And that got me thinking because Kyushu in Japan is a real place. And I was thinking, okay, well, where where is UA? Like, where does UA actually happen? And it's a city uh, called Musutafu, Japan. It's a fake city. It's not real. A little bit of trivia about that. It's actually uh, named after Mustafar from Star Wars. So it's a reference to Star what? Wars. Yeah, and so this, uh, the place where UA takes place, is right outside of Tokyo in this fake city, and um, he's going to be going to Kyushu. This is actually really far away, so to put it in context, like, Tokyo, like, if Japan's, like, island that comes down, it's, like, Tokyo's, like, kind of halfway through the island, and Kyushu is all the way south. It's almost as far south as you can get in Japan. It takes, like... It's very far. It's like, a, so if you took a car and you drove, it's like 14 hours. He's going to be, oh, yeah. fly, he has to be flying there. Yeah, as I was said yeah. that, yeah, plenty of flights. And I'll excuse you for a couple of days just for the interview. So, yeah, so it's definitely a couple day trip. And, hey, that'd be awesome. Like, hey, I get to fly across the country on the school's dime for an internship to work for the number three pro hero. Like, that sounds like a win-win-win for me. Like, that, especially with Tokiyami. He's just already such a cool character. I would love to see him get a major spotlight this season yeah um but yeah i thought that was just kind of funny because i wanted to know like where everything takes place and also that was a little bit of trivia for everyone else you know a little bit more about the the universe hell yeah but with that let us move on to this week's plus ultra award go beyond plus it is going to be an interesting one i don't know I don't know what you're thinking about this. There's not too many characters in it, so I'm really curious to see who you're going to pick because I could see you throwing someone random out there. But who is your plus ultra recipient this week? Okay, Andrew, I just want to set the stage first. I'm see, reformed. this is exactly why I led with this. No, I am reformed, okay? Like, we were doing some of the recap episodes, and I was throwing out some random ones in there because we had so many yes. episodes to cover. This one... I mean, it's not Midoriya. Midoriya sucked this episode. He's he was trash. I think the only one that really I I so I, I want to say I don't think anyone went above and beyond. I don't think anyone don't, ne- necessarily went plus ultra. But I would say I would probably give the award to the person who did the best 
um, this episode, which would be Sir Night Eye, because his ability is crazy. Like his his ability is insane. I I I think he is such a powerful character, and it was so cool seeing him utilize it and just like not even break a sweat, just like sidestep Deku over and over and over. So I, I I'll give it to Sir Night Eye. No, I 100% agree. I mean, this is someone we've seen. We have seen Deku land punches on All Might. And to see someone that can just flawlessly, without breaking a step, just dodge all of Deku's attacks is honestly really amazing and a little scary. So I definitely agree. And on top of that, of pushing how we think about Deku and the show, on top of how Deku thinks about himself and how would it mean to be a hero, I definitely agree that he is the only one we could talk about. Maybe Mirio for saving Bubble Girl from the Tickle Machine could be an honorable mention. That's really the only other character that did anything that was, like, memorable. I, okay, I, I'm not going to give it to him, but what was very memorable is Mineta just mask off at this point. He's like, dude, I don't care. I'm just going to be staring at all the girls here just oh, blatantly. It was, my dude is horned up on Maine. He, is, he needs to chill. Dude, he is getting out of control, and someone needs to bring him back down to Earth. And maybe it's going to be sending him to Mount, Mount Lady for another week and seeing what happens after that. But with that, let us go into the preview for next week. So, again, it was another awkward point. So, before we actually have the actual preview, we see a girl running down a dark alleyway. She's asked for help. She's asked for help, and she runs out of the alleyway running straight into Deku and they both fall over and he's like oh that must have hurt and we look up and see that Overhaul was walking after her very calmly just saying it's time to come back with me eerie we now learn the name of this girl that is in both the intro and outro and going to be a very integral part of the season still no idea why after that we do get now here's the preview the, the next episode from next week is going to be really diving in to um Deku continuing to worry over Sir Night Eye's words of not um, being worthy. Kind of the first interaction between Overhaul, Mirio, and um, Overhaul. Because it seems like those are the only two that kind of tackle this situation. And there's also a shocking truth from All Might that he learns about his future that is seen by Night Eye. So it feels like it is going to be very much setting up the initial relationship between Mirio and Deku versus Overhaul. And then also kind of something... I would guess all for one related about All Might and Sir Night Eye and kind of how that relationship broke. So I feel like it's going to be not another great action episode, but it's going to be setting up so much context in terms of what's going forward for the conflict and also how we got to this point with All Might and Sir Night Eye would be my prediction. Yeah, I hate it because they're just teasing, right? At this point, they're like, hey, like, are you ready for that, that juicy, juicy lore? I'm like, hell yeah. And they're like, by the way, we're on a break next week. Oh, I know that makes so, this all so much worse. I'm just so hyped for it because, like, this is this is the stuff I love. Like, I love fights and stuff like that. But I want this, like, this lore. I want to hear about All Might's past. I want to know what's going on in the grand scheme of things. So I'm so. Oh yeah, hyped I'm for absolutely it. with okay with them taking six episodes to set everything up, and the last six episodes of this arc just going crazy. Like, I don't mind a slow start to an arc when it's no. world building and character building like it is now. Like, this is masterful, and it's getting me more and more every single the, week. The pacing is incredible for this, because even though it's, like, slower episodes and there isn't crazy action, like, it's still paced so well. We're getting good information. We're having exciting moments. It's 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 actually very good. I'm, I'm really loving this season so far. Yeah, it's really been off to a great start. But with that, that is a preview for next week. And just a reminder, like we just said, there will be no episode on November 2nd. We will be returning on November 9th 
when the show starts back up because it will be going on a one-week break. But before we do wrap up on this week's episode, is there anything else you want to touch on before we head out and let class go? No, I'm all good. I'll let him out. All right. If that, thank you so much for attending this week's session of Class 1A. Next week, we will be doing our super... No, I'm sorry, not next week. In two weeks, our next show will be covering episode four of this season. But with that, also make sure to tell all of your friends about the Class 1A podcast. And of course, make sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you do listen, because that does help us a ton and helps new people find us. Yeah, and you if you want to see all the other stuff that these sweet, sweet boys do, make sure you check out poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash popped underscore off, because we do a ton of other stuff. So go check that out. But with that, class is now dismissed. We hope to see you all back in class on November 9th, 2019. See you guys then.